Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some This is the game where we find out if this is the bull I am Nasua New Rule. And alongside with me is co-producer Smart Smarts. Hold on one second. You, you don't want to shut your man out? We just saw him on Fox News, yo. Yo, shout out to my boy Tramel Thompson. He's doing big things out there on his activist work, fighting for the people. You know, he has this movement called Progressive Action, and he's just, he's an advocate for freedom. You know, no mandates. You can't make me do anything I don't want to do. Can't coerce me into doing anything that I don't want to do. He's not for vaccination, not against it. He's pro-choice. Do whatever you want. Shout out to my boy. He made it all the way to Fox News. Kyrie Irving is uh, supporting his movement as well. So I'm proud of my boy. I just had to say that. That's my, that's my guy. I wish I met him before I was uh, pro-forced to uh, get a needle so I could have a job. But anyway, it's all good. How are you today, Smart? I'm good, bro. You know, thank you for coming out this weekend. Celebrate my birthday with me. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, we was supposed to go to Slate. We went to Slate. They wouldn't feed us. They wouldn't let us eat food, which was crazy. Oh, that's what that was about. Yeah. So it was it was a $1,500 minimum. Right. So we was like, okay, cool. We want to order some food. They was like, no, you can't eat food here. Wow. So we what, we supposed to spend $1,500 in drinks? Wow. It was like, yeah, nah, close that tab. We're going across the street. They told us the same thing. $1,500 minimum. Y'all got food? It was like, yeah. He was like, okay. We came in there and we ended up spending way more than that. So it was like Slate lost some money that night. But we had a great time for my birthday. I appreciate you coming out too, my boy. I love you. That fried chicken was slamming. All right. Let's play the game. According to XXL.com, Boosie Badass is raising eyebrows yet again. This time, he's telling his mom to let them cheeks hang out while she is rocking a bathing suit. On Monday, April the 11th, Boosie Badass hopped on his Instagram Live to chat with his fans while vacationing in Jamaica with family and friends near a pool. In the clip, the Louisiana rapper's mother says she's about to get in that water, which prompts Boosie to turn around and look at her swimsuit. Mama, you got on a bathing suit? What you got on, tights? Them cheeks out? Man, you gotta let them cheeks out, ma. You gotta put a two-piece on, ma. You gotta put a two-piece on and let them cheeks hang out. When his mother walked past him in a bathing suit, Boosie's eyes widen even more and yells out, Oh, look at them cheeks. Look at them cheeks, mama. Wow. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I can't help it. Yo. Oh, my God. Then he teases her that he has some old men watching his IG live. Come on, mama. I got these old men on my live. I got some old men on my live with some jets. That's what he was joking and saying, Smarts. Smarts, I got to ask you, is it the bull that Boosie Badass new mixtape is entitled West Coast Productions Presents Mother Volume 1? Wow. Yo, that's some BS. Yo, I don't want to ever hear nothing like that again. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> the next one is different. The next one is very different. Usually, I will read an article, but this time, I'm going to let you hear a moment. All right? So, this is from the blogger site, Spade TV. You can find this on Instagram. They had Mayno on as a guest. Mayno, take it away. It's so wrong. It's so wrong. I'm going to tell you right now. I've oh never God. talked about this. Uh-oh. Ah, sh- dun, dun, dun. I like to be like a runaway slave. Okay, no. Mayno! Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> I like to play like a runaway slave. Okay. I like to play like a, diso- a disobedient slave with a white woman. So tell me like what you say. Yes, Mansa. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I've, I've, it's just two. It's, it's it's two of them. Like it's like me getting whooped, right? You get whooped. It's like it's like I play like you whip it, but most of them don't want to play like that. This is this. Yeah, I was gonna say, what white woman goes along with this? They don't want to play like that. They don't. Okay. Wanna, this is my. Fa- it's like, listen, you're gonna <laughs> act like your masters, your your masters uh, husband. Uh, wife. You're gonna act like your master's husband wow. or wife. Nah, nah, chill, Mano. <laughs> you slip. <laughs> I thought Django Unchained was an actual movie. Anyway, Sparsight asks you, isn't it the bull that Mano didn't say that he liked to role play as an NFL running back with white women? Because according to black women, it's the same damn thing. Stupid. Some BS. <laughs> and finally, according to the New York Post, a defensive coach at Jackson State University is teaching players the Will Smith technique. Jackson State, an HBCU in Mississippi, which is coached by Neon Dion, the greatest cornerback in the world, Sanders. Andre Hart, who coaches linebackers for the squad of Jackson State, was filmed by the coach's son, Dion Sanders Jr., while teaching players to deploy the Will Smith technique of smacking blockers en route to the quarterback. He hit him with the palm of his hand, Hart explained. Hold on. Huh, smart. Did you hear that? He hit him with the palm of his hand. Okay. A little too close, all right? He hit him with the palm of his hand, not the finger. Hart then proceeded to demonstrate the technique himself on a blocking dummy. We gonna give him that bob, then Will Smith his ass. The video then showed Jackson State football players mimicking the strategy that they were just taught as Hart yelled for them to Will Smith the dummies. Oh. Smarts, I ask you. <laughs> I ask you, smarts, smarts. I ask you, I ask you, smarts. I already know. I smarts, already... I ask you. Okay, yes, go ahead, man. Smarts, are you ready, smarts? I'm, I'm ready, dog. Smarts, are you ready? Come on, bro. Let's you go. already know what we talked about last week with the conspiracy theory, but I'm not even gonna make a conspiracy theory joke. I just wanna know if you're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Is it the bullshit that teaching young black men the Will Smith technique is exactly why the NFL had to hire female coaches in the first place? You ain't gotta answer that. Thank you. <laughs> you. Bye bye. Everybody on their mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash your bird 40 on the tech. Yeah, I'm acting nerdy if it's at that appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the Now River of New Jersey, the pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority. Donate to the Cash App dollar sign the Late Night Flight to get this work from minorities. The late night flight, oh, you never heard of it? Turn up the turbulence. Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. Facebook, YouTube, and the late night QR scan. Download Audible, download Amazon Music just to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul fan. Hey, I started out not ahead of you. Now look at me, young pilot with a better view. Making sure you can hear all 86 episodes wherever, wherever, wherever. Podcast are available. Now let's take off. America, I need you to donate to the Cash App dollar sign the late night flight. Matter of fact, Smarts want me to ask nicely. So please, por favor, donate. 
to the Cash App dollar sign the late night flight to get your question answered by me and Smarts. Probably me, but Smarts is going to be here. He's probably going to agree or disagree or have his own blickety black take. So yes, to both of us, all right? Someone, a good friend of mine by the name of Justin Johnson. Dag, I feel bad. He like, dag, yes, that's how you're going to do me? Yeah, I'm doing you just like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Justin Johnson, but he, but you my man. You already know, a friend forever. He gave us $20, Smarts. 20 bucks. Okay. To answer a question. And I have an answer for it. And I feel bad because he sent me this money about six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really wanted to think about it. And we was talking about HBCUs the last three episodes. Yes, we were. And I finally came to a conclusion. So let me ask the question and then I'm going to have an answer. And you let me know whether you agree or disagree. If you want to add something to the pot, it's all good. How do we, as black people, stop the toxic approach of tearing each other down and begin to start building each other up as a people while still allowing room for people to make mistakes without getting canceled or berated? I have a perfect answer. Now, it is speculation what I'm asking. It is almost a hypothetical because what I'm asking a HBCU to do, I know they're not going to do it, but it starts with this. And I want people to understand what I'm saying when I go through what I'm about to say. So here I go, Smarts. The answer to this question, and it starts with the HBCUs, and you're going to understand why I'm saying it starts with the HBCUs. If every HBCU can allow every black American man and woman. I don't care what age they are. I don't care how old they are. Any of that. Creed, sexuality, whatever. Every black American man and woman should go to an HBCU for free. Mm. For free. Now hear me out. Because I'm about to, I'm about to, uh, what's that word? I'm about to evade a lot of the wording that my man Justin Johnson put in this question. When he's talking about the approach of tearing each other down, the toxic approach of tearing each other down, worrying about being berated or worrying about being canceled. Because here's the thing. You know, they used to say education is the key. I hate that term, Smarts. What you really should say is the career is the key. And going to college or going to a trade school, whatever the case may be, can help you get to a career. Black Americans as a whole, it's not about us not graduating college. It's just the fact of the matter that America makes it seem as if in order to really climb the corporate ladder of America, you're going to have to have experience and a degree. So here's the thing. I met a lot of people, smarts in my day, that have degrees. They're not the brightest. They're not the sharpest tool in the shed. But guess what, though? They can get jobs. They can get careers. Right. I need all of my people to start from there. Because guess what, Smarts? If we got 40 young black men that are teachers now that was just on the corner working at Amazon, they just boosted their rating. Did they not? They did. They just boosted their rating. They did. If they want to be a rap star on the side, they have enough money to invest in themselves, do their studio time without crying about it, without asking their grandmother about it, without making their brother take out a lien on a car or some crap like that just to get a mixtape popping. You have money set aside for yourself to create the side business that you want to build. Would you agree with me on that? I agree with that. Once that happens, here's where it gets even better. Smarts, let me ask you something. Do you think you need a doctor? Yes or no? Do I think I need a doctor? Yes. 
Do you think you need a mechanic? Like whenever your car goes out, you just need a mechanic to fix it. Yes. Would you say you need a dentist whenever your teeth goes rotten? Absolutely. So think about those type of careers and the black brothers and sisters that have not got a degree. They can go be a mechanic. Go be a doctor. Go be a dentist. And because you need those things, obviously. I want to pay for it. And we'll go to them because they'll be right in the community. They'll be right here. Exactly. I understand. You got to. That's what the Black Wall Street was all about in Tulsa. I make business cards. I do laundry. I have a catering business. And they all invested in one another and made each other rich. Right. When you don't have real money, when you're working off of Amazon.com money, it's hard to get this thing popping. It's just hard. But if you're already, I don't know, human resources director for Chase, just because you've been working in the bank teller business for eight years and you got a degree, it's a different mode now. I realize the way I'm going to be is the way I'm going to be, whether I move up in New Jersey Transit, which I just got a promotion, or if I worked at Amazon and just being a bum. I'm going to be whoever I want to be. So if I'm going to always have my characteristics, no matter what, I might as well elevate, get my, get my uh, I don't want to say the word education, but get my, uh, what you call that? My certifications up. Let's use that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get my certifications up and I can be at another level. And that's how black men and women will stop hating on each other because we will all make money. We will all be in careers. We will all not have to worry about what the next bill looks like because we have a career that's going to handle that and more. What you think about that, Smarts? I, I agree um, to a certain... I agree with, with uh, most of what you were saying. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I would also like to add that we have to instill trust um, in one another as far as the community goes. So historically, we've had, we've always got the least, you know, the least resources, the least nutrition, the least health care, and we were always the last to get. So that makes it people desperate and have to climb over somebody to get to the, be the first to get. When there was another community you know, that weren't African-American communities, those resources were plentiful. So they have a certain, you know, you may not have to trust anyone as an individual, but you have a certain trust in your community in the sense of, I know if I'm sick, I can go to a doctor or I can go see someone that I know or I, I can go, my kid's father is my doctor. You know, my kid's friend's father is the doctor or the lawyer. There are people that in your community that you, trust as a community that you can talk to. We don't have that. And the people in our community that we can talk to, we unfortunately, we don't have the resources like they do, so we have to charge. You know what I'm saying? So those people don't necessarily have to charge, get charged for those consultations because they're comfortable. Those people can donate their time. We don't even have enough resources to even really donate our time. So with all that being said, all I'm saying is to all the female podcasters that be talking health, wealth, and everything holistic, I'm going to do my part to get Howard University to give you a free scholarship so you can be a therapist because that podcasting thing ain't for you. I can't wait for the next segment. We about to talk a lot of We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Late Night Flight. Smarts, I got this game for you, player. It is called Absolute, Unaware, or Absurd. Absolute, Unaware or absurd. You got me? Yeah. Absolute, unaware, absurd. Yes, sir. I have a tweet 
from the queen of the 5th Congressional District of Minnesota. All right, of Minnesota. All right, Representative Elyon Omar. You do know this sister. Yes, I do. Some people call her a radical progressive. I don't like that adjective. She's more of an audacious progressive, in my opinion. Now, she's put out this tweet where there's a video. I'm going to talk about the video in a second. But let me tell you the words that she had. Her words was, I think my family and I should have a prayer session the next time I am on a plane. How do you think it will end? There's a video under this Twitter caption where there is this, I don't want to use a skin tone, but he's definitely a white American Mm -hmm. that is uh, strumming his pain on his guitar 30,000 feet in the air. Okay. On what the young kids call a bird or a plane. And there is, uh, in my opinion, some mixed reviews. You have some younger people that's on this plane taking pictures of some entertainment as one may do now in these days. And you got some older people that's looking like, what the hell is going on here? I am too conservative for this new stuff that's going on. And she posed the question as a Muslim American woman in this country. Does she think, well, not does she think, but she thinks her family and herself should have a prayer session next time that she's on the plane. And she asked the people on Twitter, how do you think this would end? So I'm going to ask you, Smart, before I get into my spill, uh-huh. do you think this tweet is absurd? Is it unaware or is it absolute? Now, before you get into that, okay, we have some people that replied to Twitter because, you know, people are foolish. People don't just take a moment to just look at Twitter or look on Instagram, look at Facebook, see a post and just say, hmm, Maybe this is a topic of the day that I could talk to my coworkers or friends about, not actually use my Twitter fingers to reply and say vitriol, because that's what people do. Uh-huh. People get behind those keyboards and they spit that vitriol. Yeah, that venom. That venom. Yeah. Don't even make no sense to, they don't even speak it in real life. They just want to, yeah, it's just a reason. But here's the thing. These people are GOP candidates, though. Of course. Imagine that. So I do want to talk and not talk about, but I'm going to give you two replies from two different Republicans. Both black. I have to do it like that. Of course. Okay, let's go. Vernon Jones, a GOP candidate in Georgia, says, Why do you hate Christians, Elyon? If the freedom of religion we enjoy here in America disturbs you, feel free to pack your bags, head back to Somalia, Sudan, or wherever you from. Huh? That's what you say to her? Take your brother with you. I believe that's the brother that is alleged. We're going to get into that, but mm-hmm. that's the alleged thing. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what he tweeted, which is ignorant. That, that, that whole tweet, ignorant. Yeah. Now I'm going to do some woman on woman crime because I have to. Cicely Davis is a black American woman looking to take her seat in Minnesota's fifth congressional district. Okay. Yeah. Cicely Davis is a black American woman who is not a Muslim who is looking to take her seat in Minnesota, a GOP representative. I've actually met this woman. Well, not met her, but I have watched her on YouTube. Okay. (laughs) And I just got to be honest with you. She doesn't stand a chance, okay? She's out of here. Listen, when you have only 100 views on any YouTube thing you got going on right now, I don't even care if you're not popping as like some type of YouTube personality, but you're running for a seat. Well, she spoke enough to make news. She Listen. spoke up at the right time to give her some, you know, give us give her a look. So she's getting a look. So, okay. Let me go ahead and give you what she said. She said, Qatar, a country you're very familiar with, 
plays Islamic prayers on the intercom before takeoff on their planes. They have a designated prayer area and coordinates for Mecca that are posted on the screens. And then she later accused Representative Elyon Omar for hating Christian Jews and lots of Muslims. Right. Okay. Now, I was almost with her for a second. I was almost with her for a second as far as just making a point. Okay. All right. Yes. But before I get into what I want to say, whether it's absurd, absolute or unaware, you let me know what you think. Well, I'm going to start off, just answer the question. Her tweet was absolute. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. This country is a Christian country by the most part. And anything that may even look or appear to be anti-Christian, everybody's going to jump on it. Even though this is the United States and you are supposed to have the freedom of religion. So the point that she was making is if a Muslim family decided that they want to pray on a plane, they're probably going to cause a panic because everybody's going to run to the terrorist stereotype. We knew what she was saying. Everybody else that has something to say, one, the first thing I'm going to say, America loves black on black crime. I'm going to tell you that. So what that was, all of that was just black on black crime, period. Right. We're not going to get into anybody's political affiliations because everybody has the right to have their side and, you know, be on their side of their ideologies on their politics. But when you start talking about people's religion, it doesn't make any sense for you to attack anyone. Now, when you talk about Qatar, it's Qatar. It's well, Qatar. It is not America. It doesn't have the same laws as the United States of America. It's a totally different country. You might not even. Right. I, I flew Air China, bro. I couldn't speak out of turn on a flight. I thought they was going to kick me out of the door, man. As soon as I complained one time, I thought they was going to throw me out of the, the hatch or something. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, all it's, it's, what she was saying was absolute. Anybody with any kind of sense or common sense knows what she was saying. It's always an opportunity to jump on her because she's a lightning rod, period. I'm not going to lie to you. I agree with you. Okay. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also not lie to you. That's fine. I'm going to also say something different though. Okay, cool. So it's similar. Uh huh. Probably a different approach. Gotcha. I'm going to say unaware. Okay, cool. Hear me out though. So let's start with what you just said about the country. Mm-hmm. If you go on Wikipedia, for some dumbass reason, every country wants to let you know their religious affiliation. There you go. All right. So if you go to Saudi Arabia, Islam. There you go. You go to UAB, I mean UAE. UAE, Islam. Islam. You go to America, Christian. Christian. There you go. Now, hear me out. I want to talk about a couple of countries. Do you know Nigeria is kind of have like a in-between? Yes. It's 54% Muslim, according to Wikipedia in 2018. 54% Muslim. And then I think like about, well, like 46, no, that's like that's like 100. Like 44, 43, and then 0. 0.6 is traditional African religions. Uh-huh. Okay? So basically, it's kind of like neck and neck for the most part. Mm-hmm. So there's no heavy bias of one religion. There you there's go. just mosques and church and people just... Praying who they want to pray to. Praying who they want to pray to. Yep. In the United States of America, whether you think this is good or bad or indifferent, I'm not here to have that conversation with anyone this is a Christian country. Yep. And unfortunately, when you say these two numbers, it's going to let you know this is a Christian company. You know what the numbers I'm about to say, right? It's probably like 80%. Christian. No, I'm talking about 9-11. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. 9-11 Americans. Don't matter what race you are. If you're a Christian American in this country, you won't let that go anytime. It's over. It's over. Mm -hmm. So once you do see a Muslim American start praying on a plane, yes, they're going to run and act up. So here goes the reason why I'm saying you're unaware. On Twitter, you got to think about this for a second. Representative Omar, she's not your typical Representative Omar. This ain't no the person that just graduated from the University of North Dakota and just out here being an accountant. No, this woman is the queen of the 5th Congressional District. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay? No, no, no. Politicians, I understand that because Bar Barack Obama, President Barack Obama was basically uh, in the era of the tweet, if you want to say that. Like mm -hmm. 2012, that's Twitter just started to really pick up off the ground. Okay. And he started making tweets. It's at the POTUS. And that's news now. At POTUS. Barack Obama said, happy Martin Luther King Day. Like, this is news now. Right. So understand what I'm about to tell you, uh, Smarts. Understand what I'm about to tell you, Smarts. I don't want my politicians tweeting. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I know we in this new, I know we in this new life. I know you're looking at me crazy. I know. It's just hear me out because no one knows how to conduct themselves. I ain't talking about Representative Omar. She asked a normal question. Yes. People don't know how to just react the right way, in my opinion. I just, I feel like she should protect herself, but not even going on the... That's, that's just my personal opinion. I, got, I hear you. I hear you a thousand percent. You know, you know, that's all I'm saying. I know. Like, no, she I, already I, has deceit. I hear you. She don't need Twitter no more. Like, she already has it. I hear you. Why even speak on that when there are not uh, people with that 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 energy to be open minded and understand what she's actually saying? Because I just think those voices need to be heard, especially when you're voted in by your constituency and you represent a particular group of people. She represents a population that's you know. But you can have a town hall. Wrong. You can have a lot of different things right, to but, show but, to your fan base. I understand bro. that, but a tweet. If you had a town hall, mm -hmm. it would be a video anti-political campaign video on the other side that they'll use as a visual commercial against you. But, so, a tweet, mm -hmm. so a tweet is something that'll light a match and it'll, it'll fizzle out real quick. But it puts the idea and the thought in the ether. You understand what I'm saying? The tweet, when it comes from a politician, does not fizzle out. It stays for a while. They have news on her today. This happened two days yes, ago. It, yes. Well, it, not two days ago. This happened on Easter Sunday. It, it does. No, but it does. But what I'm saying mm -hmm. is it sparks conversations like this. No, right, right. A town hall, what a town hall would do is it would literally start, it would set people up against each other in the, in the worst way because there's a visual component to it. There's just more shock of, oh, they got these people. Like they do with Donald Trump every time he say something at a at a fundraiser or something like that. You know what I'm you know, saying? You know who I am. You know how I am. I'm about presentation. Mm -hmm. The town hall just is more political. It's more of that stance of it, I'm coming. I'm coming as a representative and ambassador for America. When you're on Twitter, you come off as an ambassador for yourself. But the GOP is not going to swing it that way. It's an It'll be an anti-Christian rally. You understand what I'm saying? But when you have a Republican, let's say you have a Republican that's a radical not saying she's a they radical. Do, they, they I'm do. just saying Democrats will do the same thing. Yes. It's a mudslinging affair. Of so course. all I'm saying is present yourself in a manner that still seems, in my opinion, congressional, presidential. When you just put a tweet out, you're just another person. Representative Omar just did something that one of my homegirls from Facebook could easily do. Right. But her reply 
to both of those tweets was, you know, don't project your bigotry on me. So it was a great response. I'm going back to pray and I'll pray for y'all. Listen. Like, so, so what I'm saying to you is, so what I'm saying to you is that kind of discord to me in a public space is, is better than giving people more fuel because because it'll be a commercial. Like you can put a tweet in a commercial as many times as you want. It's going to bore people. But if you got a visual presentation of people sitting around and listening to this type of rhetoric, it's going to fuel a different type of energy. I think it'll fuel a more professional energy. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Okay. What the f***? This, that pile of right here. Before we get into our speculatory behavior, I like that term, Smarts. Yeah, dog. You know what I'm saying? I coined that. Just, just go ahead, dog. We have it. You did that. No, you did do that. I am going to take it. Coined it. I'm going to take it, run with it. That's right. You coined it. I'm going to put it in the bank. No problem. There you go. All right. Speculatory behavior. This is our speculation segment where instead of just giving you facts and opinions based on some facts that we gathered, we're going to just full on just assume, assume, assume. We don't care. We don't care. That's right. We're going to just figure this out on our own because... Some of these articles you read online, they don't care either. They don't. They want to give you some vague We're going to give you some vague <laughs> But we're going to tell you ahead of time. <laughs> so in DeKalb County, Georgia, a liquor store that's in this county burst into flames on Easter Sunday morning when a young sister by the name of Jessica McDaniel told the officers she was trying to turn onto Brockett Road at a high speed rate. She hit a utility pole, then hit the building because, Smarts, because... Her boyfriend at the time, who is now her ex-boyfriend, broke up with her over the phone. Mm. Early Sunday morning. They don't give us the time. They just saying it's early as hell, like before the bunny came out. Wow. All right. So that's all I'm going to give you because that's all it really has. Wow. So we get to speculate what happened. Not only that, the best thing is you get to speculate. You get to speculate what the this dude said to her. That had her crash into a building. Yo, so mm-hmm. I think okay. he got access to her DMs, dog. Oh. And I just think it was crazy. So he called her up and he started reading all the DMs that she had while she was on the phone, while he was breaking up with her. And she couldn't take hearing all the <laughs> sketchy. Hey, yo. That behavior that was going on with her <coughs> and her DMs. Matter of fact, it might it could have been a Snapchat, you know, one of those, you know. And she couldn't hit, take it no more, and she just was trying to get to him as fast as she could because he he had the uh, access to the phone, and she just lost control of the car and jumped into the liquor store. Either that, or he told her he was leaving her because for her friend and her friend's pregnant, you know, something like that. Remember the era of the late night flight when. Natasha was here. Yeah. And there was a Netflix movie that we that we uh watched together. We made a joke about us watching it together and we had our pajamas I re- on. I recall. But we was on Zoom and yes, everybody yes, was like, hey, yes. y'all f- 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, no, we just in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So there was a movie about a woman that was agoraphobe. And everybody in the movie, well, I'm sorry. If you were watching the movie, which was a lot of people, it was over a million people that watched this movie, according to Netflix. Mm-hmm. So when I meant to say everybody, I was talking about the viewership. Everybody wanted to figure out, well, why is this woman agoraphobe? Right. Here we go. They were in the car driving with her husband and the daughter. The husband was actually Anthony Mackie. Remember? You know him, right? Yes. yes. From all the Marvel movies. So what happens is someone's calling on the phone. Anthony Mackie is telling the agoraphobe, hey, answer it. She doesn't want to answer it. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So here's what happens. While she's not trying to answer the phone, but he's trying to make her answer the phone, the daughter in the back, they crash the car. Guess who survives? The agoraphobe. The agoraphobe. Uh-huh. Over a secret. She never wanted to leave the house again because of that. Right. So in my mind, Something like it, it had to be that. First of all, it had to be thoughtness, <laughs> thought behavior. It's, it's only thought behavior. No disrespect, ladies. I'm not. I'm not calling this woman out of her name. She's not a slut. She's not a hoe. She's not a freak. She ain't got a different man every day of the week, unless she's with this man. Well, all, <laughs> all that Instagram behavior, yeah. <laughs> period. Wow. <laughs> Come on. All that behavior hey, in yo, the you're DMs. Terrible. You terrible. We said period. Come on now. That's not nice. All that, all that behavior. <laughs> it, it was the DMs for me. Wow. Uh-oh. Come on. All that behavior. Come on. He found all of that. He found the, all that. In the DMs. He started reading it off. She couldn't take it no more, bro. She was like, ah. I'm going to have this woman on. We're about to leave this segment. But I'm going to have this woman on very soon. Her name is Maya Johnson. She's a military sister. She's in Japan right now as we speak. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I'm saying this out loud on this podcast, obviously I think a lot about this sister. And she has me watching this this YouTube presentation because we're supposed to talk about this sooner or later. And it's about um, the evolution of desire. And she was telling me, and it goes along with this speculation, because she was saying to me, I was talking about my time with my ex-girlfriend and how at the end, I'm pretty sure she was talking to someone else. She always had a cell phone with her. And when someone was always calling, she took that call and got to a corner and started to talk. Yeah. But because we knew together that this relationship was about to end, I never challenged that anymore. I didn't care anymore. Right. Like I cared inside, but any care that I would show, it would be too little too late. Right, right. With all that being said, This is what this sister said to me. She said, yo, your job is to champion your own feelings, champion your own needs. You can't worry about her. Whatever she wants to do is whatever she wants to do. I agree with that philosophy. That's a very good, that's a smart person. And let me tell you something. This is why this woman that crashed this car should have been a single hoe. Now we're just speculating off we're just going off my speculation, okay? Okay, everybody. <laughs> this is not true. I respect the ladies. <laughs> we're just having a good time here. I don't know what was going on her DMs, but oh, if, if I were to create a story, that's what it would be. It no, would no. be the greatest story ever told. Hear me out though. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying it, I don't, I'm not saying she's a single hoe. I'm being funny by term, no, of course. No, no, I'm just saying that statement is comes from my story, which is not true. We have no right. idea. No, no, but but this is the thing though. This is the thing. 
See, if this woman was single, I don't think no man would be able to have this woman crash her, her car. car. I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been single for seven years and there's times where I'm like, yo, I really want to be in a relationship until that woman said this to me about how I can't champion this other person's needs and wants. This person would just have to... Because look, listen, listen. I'm not saying I'm for polygamy. I'm not even saying I'm for monogamy. But I am for some mutual respect. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you have an idea that, yo, I'm not the one that... I'm not the only one you're going to have sex with in, let's say, a span of eight years because there may be a time where you're just not into me intimately, which can happen. Uh-huh. And you may want to just have this... this Occurrence or this affair with someone else because it'll it'll revive your spirit or your or your your, your vagina. I don't know something, uh-huh. and then after that you get to come back to me because you always been in love with me. I don't want that life. Because <laughs> I'm gonna say something to you to make it crash your mother. Car. Wait, wait a minute. So, so <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So we we gotta wrap this up, right? We gotta wrap this up because we having too much fun. Yes. So I got one more question. Okay. Before we go. Okay. Go ahead. This is about you're the other side of the phone. You're okay. The guy. Yes. 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 And thinking about your ex yes. right now, yes. wouldn't you have wished that you were the one on the phone <laughs> on the other side of the phone with one of your exes? No. No, no, no. no. I don't, oh. I never, I never want to see my ex-girl. I don't care what she did to me. I don't want her to just be like, hold on. Ah! Like, I would never want we're that. Gonna, we're going we want to send that question out on Instagram, like, or Facebook. Do you want to be the boyfriend or <laughs> never mind? <laughs> K-Slay is, is, is fighting, you know what I'm saying? He's a warrior. He's he's um he's maintaining and, and his mother just wants everybody to pray for him. I spoke to her, you know what I mean? I spoke to his mother last night and today, and she really don't want everybody to just, you know, just be saying this and saying that. Only thing she wants the message out there is to continue to pray for him. And he's he, he's fighting through it. I got a K-Slay story. Let's hear it. Okay, so back in 2001, 2002, I had a production company called Double Edge Productions. Shout out to my boy Rich. Shout out to uh, Gotti. Shout out to Pop. Shout out to Flames. Wait, is that my Rich? My Rich that we was just partying at? Yeah, Rich, yeah. At your B-Day? Yeah. Oh, Rich, what's up, my homeboy? Yeah, Rich Rich put me on. Hey, Rich, my man, what's up? Yeah, yeah, so... We, we would go out and we would perform and I would produce the music. We would go out to the streets and we would go to these showcases and go to the city. And um, we would sit outside of Hot 97 afterwards. Like after our showcases, we'll go sit outside of Hot 97. Uh, Flex would come down. We would speak to Flex. He would pretty much ignore us. Um, Sway would come down. He would talk to us. He would stop and give us some time and, and, and chill with us. K Slay would come down. Um, and he would speak. He would say, yo, what's up with y'all? What's going on with y'all fellas? Blah, blah. He's standing, having conversations with us and leave. So he saw us so many times. We was there all the time. Flex ignored us every time. Uh, Sway, we started hanging out with Sway from, from that. K Slay gave me his number. Like, yo, give me a call. Like, bring your music. I got you. I'm going to play your joints. Da, 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 da. Right? And i never forget that because he was so like welcoming and so humble. And he was on the radio. He was doing a drama king. We would sit outside in front of Hot 97. Then it was like maybe a year or two later, I ended up seeing him in front of Sony Records. And he remembered my face and gave me his new number. K-Slay, man. So that's my story. Like, that's my story. You know what I'm saying? He was everything that everybody say about him as far as giving people on the underground an opportunity. He was the one. 
You want to hear my story? Yes, let's go. So this woman that I got pregnant that wound up being a stripper, he also had sex with her. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, top five. I'm not lying. What's I up? I believe it. Hey, I believe it. Hey, Megan. Anyway, listen. <laughs> top five record execs that are named DJs. Now, the reason why I did it like this is because I don't necessarily know if DJ K Slay is a DJ in that way. Now he was a DJ. Definitely, he was a DJ. Definitely a DJ. But as DJ K Slay, the character, he's more of that record exec. Like I'm no, pushing Pat Poos. Nah, DJ K Slay was an actual real DJ. He put out mixtapes, he DJ parties, he put out music, he was a DJ. Um, he developed into the record executive when he started getting these distribution deals and he started to work his way in. Sort of like when Clue and all of them started doing that stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So, this yeah. is what I did. I have a top five of mm -hmm. those type of DJs. Okay. As far as the success that they did outside of them being actual turntable DJs. Yeah. We're talking uh -huh. about record exec DJs. Uh-huh. So, I have five. I got a couple of honorable mentions. You want to hear them? Sure. Lady Luck. Yes, definitely. And I have... um. Scoob Doo. Okay. I, I don't know who Scoob Doo is. DJ Scoob Doo. He done a lot of things in Jersey and New York. Okay. Uh, he does, well, I know he had done some mixtapes with Red Man. I know he does some mixtapes with uh, Method Man. And he had a couple with uh, with 50 Cent. Okay. Scoob Doo. Well, I know in, in the hood of Newark, you talk about Scoob Doo a lot. Okay. Okay. That's why I'm giving that credit to DJ Scoob Doo. Now, hear me out. Here goes my five. You ready? Go ahead. Number five. DJ Who Kid. Is he a a record executive, though? I mean, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I think he's that DJ K Slate type of guy or DJ Clue that he's on that level. He the one that put out 50. Well, he ain't put out 50, but he put out hella 50 mixtapes. He, he put out hella 50 mixtapes. Okay. Hella 50 mixtapes. All right, cool. All right. Okay. Number four, I got DJ K Slate. Okay. Number four. Of course. I, 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 okay. We're there. Number three, DJ Drama. Okay. Yep. Lil Wayne, Jeezy. Now, nah, you there. Gangsta Grills. Let's go. Gangsta Grills was something special. Let's go. Number two, of course, DJ Clue. Clue. DJ Clue. Clue. Yes, yes, yes. And number one, of course, we the best. DJ Khaled, for sure. He, I mean, he surpassed him. I'm going to give it, I'm going to tip the hat off. You should have gave Clue number one only because Clue was the one that, that, that really kicked off the DJ, the whole mixtape circuit with the DJs at the level that it was put out. And the fact that he was doing it with Rockefeller, the fact that it was with Desert Storm, it was with Ransom, it was with Fab, it was with Joe, it was with, you know what I'm saying? You got to give it the clue number one, though. I'm sorry. I'm not mad at that. So here's why I didn't do that. And I thought about that hard. I was yeah, like, yo, yeah. Smart's ain't going, I don't know. Smart's might want to have DJ Clue as number one just because of the, DJ Clue made history. As far as that type he of did DJ. numbers, though. He, he did numbers. Plat he was going platinum, too. He, yo, he, no, he went The professional one and two. No conversation. Yeah, yeah, No conversation. Here's my thing with Clue that made me put DJ Khaled over the top. DJ Khaled took that deal from Fat Joe that one year, left, became a f superstar. Okay. DJ Clue, here's the thing. And, and he's, look, that's why he's number two. He's still a legend. They tried to put him against Funkmaster Flex at that 7 o'clock hour and did the Desert Storm <laughs> hour and that <laughs> flunked out like high school, dog. Nah, we not doing that to my boy. I'm just, too, listen, bro. man, facts are facts. It happened. Yeah, but, you know, how, how well did Funkmaster Flex projects do? Listen, 
Funkmaster Flex Projects is trash. There you go. Ain't no conversation about it. So so what? He so what? He beat him at seven o'clock. What did he do? Funkmaster the- Flex is going to be putting speakers on a geriatric bus at eighty, working at Hot ninety seven. He he has a job for life. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the fastest rising podcast. Hey yo, what the f- This is a pilot right here. 